0: Welcome to the Commercial Property Investor Show. If you ever wanted to get into commercial property but don't know how to, this is the show for you. We're going to take you through live market updates, how to put a deal together, what the experts say about commercial property, and real-life investor journeys and how they became financially free through commercial property. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. If you're not sure in commercial property whether you should be changing your tenant or keeping your current tenant, then this is a podcast for you because... Keeping a tenant that is a good tenant adds value to your property, but keeping a bad tenant really stuffs you up from going forward. So how do you make the distinction if they're a good tenant or a bad tenant? Listen to this podcast and let me walk you through what I would do to keep a good tenant and why and under what circumstances I should be getting rid of one tenant to replace it for another. Welcome to another episode of Commercial Property Road Show. You're here with Helen Tarrant and today I'm actually going to talk about should you keep an existing tenant or should you be tossing them out? putting a new tenant in right so the big question that most people have is that when they have an existing tenant the reluctance in commercial because of the vacancy time that it takes is that you just want to keep your existing tenant but sometimes that's like getting blood out of a stone or flogging a dead horse, whatever you want to call it. And it's just not going to happen. That tenant is not going to pay the rent you want. It's not going to take care of your premise and it's not going to pay rent on time and maybe not even sign the lease that you want. And I've seen time and time again, that owners who are wanting to make something work in the commercial property, try time and time again to get their current existing tenant working rather than replace it with a new tenant. Now, should you replace with a new tenant is the question and how much is that going to cost you this is a fundamental question and sometimes if you have a tenant that's underperforming and if you have a tenant that's not signing a lease you have a tenant that's not willing to pay market rent or you have a tenant who's simply always late in rent um, always making excuses don't pay their outgoings. we have all of these things then you should definitely get a new tenant but let's say that you have an existing tenant right now and your existing tenant is doing well they're paying their rent and they're looking at deciding whether they're staying or they shouldn't be staying, and you're thinking, should I offer them the incentives or I shouldn't offer them incentives to get them to stay or not? What is that cost to you? So should you keep your tenant or should you be getting rid of them? So let's check that out. On the board, what is the cost of it? Okay, so firstly... One thing that most people get wrong when they look at a management or leasing proposal is how much it costs to lease out a commercial premise versus management. Now, management is about 4 to 5% plus GST management of the rent. Now, leasing is anywhere from 10 to 15% plus GST of your first year's rent. So, if you are renting out a property for $100,000, 11% or 10% is $10,000, plus GST, so $11,000 when you're getting anywhere from a one to two year lease. Now, if you're getting a five year lease, it could be 15%. So it's $15,000 plus GST of the first year's rent. Now, most people think, oh, that's so exorbitant, so much more than what you get in a residential property, right? In residential is one week, one month, whatever it is, right? But in commercial, it's not. And how is that the case? Well, what happens with that in commercial is that your agent only gets one bite of the cherry and he might only get one bite of the cherry every three, five, or even six or 10 years. Because remember, when you sign a lease with residential agency, you sign a six months, 12 month lease, there's really no options. But in commercial, it's different because... Your tenant gets to sign a three-year lease with three-year options, maybe with two, three, or four three-year options. So essentially the whole term of the lease could be anywhere from three years if they decide not to take up their option to maybe 15 years if they take up the next four three-year options. And many, many times the tenant are there for at least two or three terms, which is on average up to about 10 years. Now, if you sign a five-by-five, five, and especially as a national tenant or any tenant that's going to be spending two or $300,000 on a fit-out, they're likely to stay 15, 20 years. So the agent is taking one bite of the cherry, so he's charging an amount that is higher than residential. So it works out to be about four to six weeks of the rent that you'll be getting in the first year. So on $100,000, the leasing commission is about 10 to 15%, which is quite normal in this current market. So let's work out the numbers on this, right? Let's say you're getting a property and it's $100,000 is the rent, right? That's the rent of the prop, And so let's say your leasing commission is somewhere around 10%, right? Because we're doing, we're thinking it might be a three-year lease. It might be, you know, it might be 12%, might be something like that. Let's just put it on the cheaper end of the scale. So that's 10K, right? Now, when you get a tenant in, it's typically one month per year in terms of incentives to get them in, and that can be in fit-out or that can be a combination of rent-free, fit-out, plus maybe, you know, absorbing the outcomes, whatever it happens to be that negotiation you have. But it could be, and I'm doing this on a cheap rent because it could be 15000 just bear that in mind, but you've got what do you have on top of that, marketing, right? Marketing could be, let's say, three k. Right for a property that may be at hundred grand, the property is probably one point five million dollars in worth. So three grand in marketing plus your leasing fees plus tenant incentives. Right, your tenant incentives is three months free. Right, so three months free. Now three months on a hundred k, hundred k divided by twelve, it works out a bit over eight thousand dollars a month. So eight thousand three hundred a month. Now by three, that's about twenty five k in terms of value now remember the value it's a 25k value whereas you're only paying the mortgage and potentially outgoings on this or you could get the tenants to be paying outgoings depending on how you structure it but that to you might be the real cost to you might be half that maybe 12 and a half thousand or fifteen thousand. but to the tenant that value is 25k because it's literally three months rent right so the whole cost to you of what it costs to put in a new tenant is 10k plus 3k plus 25k right just start with so we're up to thirty eight thousand dollars as a total so when we look at that look at that and look at that it's 38k to put in a tenant to start with right after tenant coming in having a rent free now there's obviously change over period from when the tenant leaves and the next tenant and if you do it well and you're in a metro area that's probably sometimes can be next to none Sometimes it can be one week, it can be two weeks, and I've seen that in areas of Sunshine and Gold Coast and in Metro Sydney. But if you're in a little bit further out or if an area that's harder to tenant, it could be three or six months, in general you could be budgeting for vacancy. Now my general rule is if you're in Metro, I allow for three months of vacancy for you to get a new tenant, which allows time for you to have legals and, and advertising put a new tenant in. So three months, that's maybe something that you need to allow for. So you need to allow for vacancy right you need to allow for vacancy now vacancy if it's three months, the cost to you is how much is it going to cost in outgoings and how much is it going to cost for you to support that property so let's say that you know three months the mortgage might be fifteen k let's say the outgoings might be five k so that could be an extra 20 k right so overall the whole retenancing cost to you is the 38k which is the 10k 3k and 25k plus a 20k here of holding off. So what that is that is $58,000 that is going to cost you, right? In real terms it might cost you a little bit less, it might be something around 45 because remember that's a value, not an actual cost, but it is still a significant chunk of money, right? And if you look at that, what does that mean? To keep your current tenant. Now you start to value the cost of keeping your current tenant. And the cost of keeping your current tenant is really how much you can save off that $58,000. But bear in mind the tenant has to be a good tenant that is paying rent, willing to pay outgoings, right? And there's a couple of ways to structure it. Uh, you can say your tenant is coming in and they're at an option period and you want to keep that tenant. You might be saying well is the tenant going to do some works on my property if there is am I going to give them some rent free if they're not I might just say to them look I might keep the rent stable this year and not give them any rent free and hopefully they roll over a new three or five year lease but if they really need an incentive what I'm trying to save is anything off that 58,000 so if I gave them three months rent free for them to sign off for another five years or three years what is that? That is really in value to them, 25k, but to me it's 12 and So I've actually saved myself forty thousand dollars, right? Now you might give your tenant might go and do some works, and that works might be thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars. They might want to relay out some problems, they might want to recarpet, they might want to put in disabled access, they might want to do something. Usually a tenant at the end of five or ten years, especially ten years, want to do some kind of refurbishment on the property. So what they're actually doing is actually adding the value your property and refurbishing and making a new your property so you should count that as a bonus and if your tenant's willing to do that you should be willing to give them more incentives and longer so you can really give them up to six months without and still save yourself money because six months the value of six months is to the tenant fifty thousand dollars on a $100,000 rent, right? But to you, the actual cost could be 25K, especially if you structure it that the tenant pays the outgoings during that time and you're only giving them the rent free, which means it's $50,000 value for them that they're saving. They're putting that towards a fit out and improving, and they're not actually pocketing that money. They're putting it into your premise, right? Which is actually good for you. Like you don't have to do the work. They manage your work and everything. You're giving them six months rent free to get them to sign on a new three or five year lease, which increases the value of your property because now you have a longer lease. And that to you, the real cost is 25K out of your own pocket. Also increased, but whatever you put in there, the 25K, you gain on the value. So the capital growth on the back end, right? $100,000, if your property is worth 1.5, because you've got a tenant on a $100,000 lease on three or five years, it's worth 1.5. If it's on no lease and it's vacant, the it property could be worth 1.3, right? But if your tenant signed a new lease plus refurbishment, you could be taking it from 1.5 to potentially 1.7, and it's only costing you 25000 So if you have a really good tenant, keep that tenant. Keep that tenant. The moral of the story, keep that tenant. Save yourself the 58000 or anything off that 58000 If you have a bad tenant... And the fact that they're not going to pay rent on time, they're not signing a substantial lease, they're not paying the outgoings, or that they're just basically giving excuses not paying market rent, what that's costing you is the diminishing value on your property. So instead of being worth one point five, it could be worth one point two, or one point one, or even you know, or best one point three, because your tenant's not substantial and people not seeing it as a secure property, so they're not investing in it. So should you keep your tenant or change the tenant? Firstly, it depends on your tenant quality and tenant type and whether they're paying rent or market rent. Secondly, whether they're willing to sign a lease and if there is a lease in place. Thirdly, are they improving the quality of your property or are they destroying the quality of your property? And if they're destroying it, you should get rid of them. If they're adding value to it, you should keep them. And fourth, finally, is the tenant in the long term going to give you more headache or less headache and are they going to increase the capital value of your property or your asset in the long term? By getting them to stay, do you gain potentially 10%, 15% more? Maybe not immediately, but after rent-free periods finish maybe, you know, in 12 months time, you can gain that 10 or 15%, or they're going to diminish the value by 10 to 15% because of the wrong tenant in the wrong property. So these are the four things you need to think about, right? But also the most important thing is you don't have to give your rent freeze or incentives up front. You can give them two months now, two months in the second year, two months in the third year, and therefore for you, it's better for your cash flow. Or you can give them half rent all through the first 12 months, and that means you can still meet your mortgage repayment, just not getting any cash flow. Or you can stagger it and go, you know, we're going to give you half rent for the first four months of every year, whichever way you want to do it. The main thing is you come to an equitable solution, keeping a good tenant is worth its weight in gold because you make it up by the capital growth in the back end, the capital value appreciation in the back end. Keeping a bad tenant is destroying your cash flow, your value of your property and creating headaches for you and destroying the rest of your portfolio mix. So good or bad tenant, reach out to us. Helen at unicorn.com.au. Let us help you build a cash flow rich portfolio. But let me help you through it. If you don't know whether a good or right tenant for your property, reach out to us. Happy to have a chat to you. See what I can do. See what I can help you with. The most important thing is you keep growing with commercial property. Reach that financial freedom so much faster. Click the link, subscribe, and I'll see you in the next video. Bye for now. Hopefully through this podcast, you've got to see how and what you need to do to keep a current tenant. What's the cost of replacing a tenant and what you can save in the process. Now in commercial property, is not about working hard. It's about working smart. And if you have the right tenant mix, you have the right type of tenant to work with you or the right tenant with the right incentive, you could create a lot of wealth on the back end. It's all about thinking on your feet, thinking about tweaking the original strategies you get from residential so that in commercial you can amplify that in 10 times more so if you want more information you want to work with us click the link below book in the strategy call join us let us help you build a cash flow you've been listening to commercial property investor show tune in to the next episode to find out how you too can replace your work income with passive income through commercial property